Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Authentic Audience Podcast. My name is Krista Ritma and I will be the host of this podcast. We have a marketing agency uh, based out of San Francisco and saying all of that (laughs) is sort of funny because we are newly based in San Francisco and I am newly Krista Ritma. So it doesn't quite roll off the tongue yet. I was recently married and changed my name, um, previously Krista Letko, which just comes a lot more natural. And we moved to San Francisco last week. So it's been a lot of change over here. And I thought with all that is going on, now would be the perfect time to start this podcast. Um, I have been asked to do a podcast for quite some time. I've been wanting to do a podcast for quite some time and the resistance was strong and I will get into that resistance conversation a bit later, but one of my biggest sort of rules that I live by is if you are feeling resistance somewhere, then that is what you should do. So here we are. In today's episode, I'm going to do a solo episode. I'm going to introduce myself, talk about my business, who I am, why I do what I do, and how we got here. On this podcast, I plan to interview people who have built successful businesses doing what they love, who I feel have integrity, a strong work ethic, and have inspired me in my business. The sole purpose of this podcast is to deliver you value every single week so we can continue to learn and grow together. So without further ado, welcome to the Authentic Audience Podcast. So I get a lot of questions from all over the place, really, on what exactly is it that you do. So I thought that I would start by just introducing my company, Authentic Audience, and telling you a little bit more about what exactly it is I spend my days doing. Uh, So Authentic Audience, we are a marketing company. Um, We work with healers, artists, yogis, musicians, so many different people. And Basically, if you are raising the vibration, which I will talk about in a bit, then we want to work with you. If you have an authentic, meaningful offering, I want to work with you. (laughs) Um, I pretty much want to work with everyone. I love business. And it took me a long time to be able to actually say that. Um, I'll get into my story here in a moment. But one of my gifts is helping people market and sell honestly. What a concept. So at Authentic Audience, at the day-to-day, we have an agency side. So we have uh, clients that work with us and we do everything for them. So we build their Facebook ads, we send their emails, we manage or consult on their social media strategies. We build content. I shoot content. We edit content. um, We travel all over with our clients. Um, These people are truly, truly, truly why I get up in the morning. That is the agency side. Then we have a program where we are, well, we're changing it 
evolving it um, all of the time. But basically, we have developed sort of a program where instead of doing everything for you, we share with you our strategy. We have a very specific strategy. However, each particular client needs their own sort of custom version of that strategy. So during this 12-week program, you work with me and Clay, my business partner and husband, one-on-one to either launch an offer, rebrand, create lead generation, grow your email list, launch a retreat, um, a tour, all of these things that we do. And we do this through basically content, storytelling, and then we get that out through email marketing, Facebook ads, and more Facebook ads. So that is what Authentic Audience does. I also offer one-off brand consults um, to people that are just looking to get a boost. One main thing that I focus on is the flow of your business from the moment somebody finds you to the moment somebody makes a purchase and that journey that we take your customer through during that process. We get to decide what they see. We get to decide what they feel and how that content is delivered to them. I call this the flow and wherever the break in the flow is happening is usually where I start. So that's a little bit about authentic audience. We turn two in March. Holy cow. Um, I can't believe it. I also just can't believe I said, holy cow, because I've never said that before in my life. Holy shit. Uh, we're turning two. And the business itself um, has scaled tremendously from the time that I started doing this work in 2014 until now. I mean, pretty much every year the business has grown five times, which is incredible. It's a lot of work. It is our baby. It is all we do. And it's because of our clients. Um, The people that we work with, I believe in so much, so, 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 so much. Um, I become completely invested in them, in their business, in their brand, in their product or offering. And at the end of the day, I am in sales. At the end of the day, I am selling something. And I have to believe, if I take you on as a client, that if I put your offer in front of somebody enough, if I deliver them enough value and maybe bug them a little too much, just enough so that they click on that ad and they make a purchase, then we have changed their life for the better. So in order to take somebody on as a client, I really have to believe in what you're doing and in your message and in your product because at the end of the day, I am becoming that messenger for you. So that is authentic audience. But I wanted to start this episode by rewinding a bit. A lot of people are curious as to how this business was created and how we got so good at it because I have no problem saying that we are very good at what we do. We deliver amazing results to our clients. We have 10x businesses, 10x email lists. I mean, you name it. But I think that the biggest success really comes in the shift in mindset that our clients have when they begin working with us. There's so much resistance, especially when it's your passion, when it's something that you love. It's scary. It's vulnerable putting something like that out into the world. And our clients really trust us with that. And a huge shift in mindset 
happens pretty much with every single client we've worked with, and they become excited about sharing instead of nervous. And that shift, that confidence, that place where they're like standing in their fire and owning it, I live for that. And it's so fun and it's so challenging. And I ride the waves with every single one of our clients. And there's really nothing else I would rather be doing. But it took a while to get here. So I'm going to back up and start there. So basically, ever since I can remember, (laughs) I wanted to be a movie producer. Um, I remember watching that movie with Cameron Diaz, The Holiday. And in that movie, she edited video uh, trailers. (laughs) She edited trailers for big movies that were coming out. And I remember becoming obsessed with what she did. And now that I really think about it, it's the storytelling. It's when you watch a movie trailer that's done really well, you feel something in such a short amount of time, and it gets you really, really excited to watch that movie which is so telling to what I ended up doing now. Um, But I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I wanted to work in the movies. So I graduated from college and through luck and connections and being in the right place in the right time, so many different things happened for this to actually work out. But basically I was gung-ho on moving to L.A., Like I wanted to be an LA Hollywood producer. That was it. So through a friend of a friend of a friend, um, I was able to get an opportunity working on a TV set. Um, Basically, I got a phone call on a Friday afternoon from someone named Jason, (laughs) no last name. And he told me that he had an opportunity for me to be a PA on a television set and that if I could be in LA by Monday, I could try it out for a week, and if I was good, he would keep me. So naturally, I moved to L.A. that weekend. And my first day in L.A., I was on a TV set. Jason actually wasn't there, um, but somebody found me and took me to where I was supposed to be, and she did not know that it was my first day ever on a TV set. I didn't know how to work the walkie-talkie. If you've ever been on a TV set, that's very important. Uh, My earpiece kept falling out. I was what you would call very, very green. And she basically says to me, okay, I want you to stand here by the honey wagon. I want you to wait for number one, and I want you to bring him through hair and makeup, get him mic'd, and bring him to set. And I was like, okay, great. (laughs) Who's number one? So I pull out the call sheet, and number one, I look down, and it says Forrest Whitaker. And I was like, this must be a joke. (laughs) Like, what the actual fuck am I doing? So I'm standing like in this alley sort of thing. Honey Wagon actually happens to be like a fancy restroom that they have on set for the actors. And sure enough, Forrest Whitaker walks out. And I pretended like I knew what I was doing, which is basically how I functioned the first three months in LA. It's really a fake it till you make it kind of attitude. And I went straight up to him. I introduced myself and I said, I need to take you through hair and makeup and get you mic'd. Where is hair and makeup? 
And that is how my friendship with Forrest started. And he was my first boss, <laughs> which is so funny. Um, he was my first boss ever out of college. And we developed, mm, I wouldn't quite call it a friendship, but rather a mutual respect for one another while working on this show together. I ended up teaching him sign language and um, he needed his space, right? So my mother is a speech therapist and it was my job to basically get him from point A to point B in a certain amount of time. It was my responsibility to get him where he needed to be quickly and he did not want to be disturbed. So therein lied my challenge. So I ended up teaching him sign language so he could be wherever he was on the phone, taking a call, doing whatever he needed to be doing as long as he could see me. When I got the cue in my ear that they were ready for him, I could sign to him, we're ready, and he would come. And that's how I kept my job. So they kept me and I stayed. And I was able to build myself a really beautiful network in LA and moved up the ladder pretty quickly. I took some really big risks because I was so green. I didn't quite know the protocol. So I would approach producers and directors and start talking to them and asking them questions, which people sort of looked down upon, but I didn't really know any better. And I didn't really care. I was there to learn. So I moved up the ranks. I started then very quickly. I mean, about a year in, I started working for a big Hollywood producer in her office. I was her EA. So basically from being somebody running around on set all day to having my own office, I would write emails on her behalf. I would read thousands of scripts. I had a lot of responsibility in a really short amount of time. I met a lot of amazing people. I loved storytelling. I loved reading the stories. I loved seeing how they were made, all of that stuff. But I was not fulfilled in the way that I thought I was going to be, like not even a little bit. Um, I realized outside of this Hollywood bubble, people didn't really care that much. <laughs> um, I mean, television still to this day, like to me and movies is like the most beautiful escape. It's this way to, it brings people together. I mean, I could go on and on, um, about how passionately I am about movies and storytelling and making people feel and laugh and cry and all of that. But this wasn't it for me. And I realized that if I was going to spend a hundred hour weeks working on a project, I needed to really care about that project. So I left LA and through another connection, um, I was able to work for a hmm, sort of an entrepreneur of types in San Francisco. I moved home and one of his companies was a production company. So I started to get really, really excited about that side of the business. I focused more and more on that. I was his assistant. I did all of these things. And I think being an assistant, like still to this day is like, what do you need and how can I help? And that completely transfers into, I mean, I was an assistant in some capacity for like the first six years of my career. Um, and it literally like laid every foundation for what it is that I do now and the ethic I have now and the integrity I have now and the heart that I bring into my business now. So I was working for him. That led me to a production company that led me to a new health and wellness startup company. Um, and I ended up jumping over from being his assistant to being the executive assistant for the founder of this new online health and wellness network. 
And this was really exciting because it was still sort of production, which I still, I love production. So with him, I was doing the assistant stuff, but it was such a small company. I was now producing content. I was conducting interviews. He was sending me to festivals. I got to sit at South by Southwest and email all of these different amazing people and interview um, these really talented filmmakers. Um, They had created documentaries and just continued to grow my network, continued to grow my network, which has gotten me exactly where I am. It truly is who you know and the value that you bring to their lives. And so um, from that, uh, they told me one day, they were like, I want you to interview this woman, uh, Rachel Brayton. She's known on social media as Yoga Girl, and she's pretty much like taken over the social media world in terms of yoga. And I had been following Rachel for a little while and was sort of excited, sort of nervous, sort of skeptical even. I don't even know if she knows this, but I was a little bit skeptical at the beginning. Like, you know, who does this person think she is posting on social media, getting all this attention? Like social media, Instagram was very new. This was like 2012. And she was like really the first person to be posting openly, um, posting yoga photos on a beach. I mean, she had people's attention. So of course I was curious. So I ended up going to the yoga class. I asked her for an interview. We had a nice little connection. And in the yoga class, I realized, holy shit, she's got it. And I just knew. I knew when I took that class. It was 2012. She had maybe 200,000 followers at the time on social media. It was a packed room, but mm, by packed, I mean like 100 people. And I felt it. Like I felt the Brayton effect, which is what I called the article I wrote when I interviewed her. And this article ended up doing really well. It got me a lot of attention at my company. It got her a lot of attention at the time. So it was sort of like a mutually beneficial interview that we did together. And we had a really beautiful connection during that interview. So when that company I was working for told me that they were losing funding and they couldn't afford to pay me anymore, uh, the same day I was going through a breakup, I emailed Rachel and I asked her basically what to do. We had become friends at this point. And she said, I'm leading a retreat in Aruba next week. We just had a cancellation. You're coming. And I said, great. Where's Aruba? (laughs) I went on this retreat and I had had a yoga practice um, for a while. I grew up as a dancer and yoga was on and off. Um, It was in my life. I was curious, but at this point, it was just a physical practice for me. It felt really good. I loved doing it, but the effects of yoga that I feel today uh, were not there yet. Uh, It was my first ever yoga retreat. And so I went to Aruba. I pretty much cried every day. It was an amazing experience. And on the last day of the retreat, uh, Rachel asked me to stay. She said, I need an assistant. Things are growing really quickly, and it sounds like I could use your help. And when she told me everything that she needed me to do, I realized, yes, she needs a Krista. So I moved in with her the day after the retreat and lived with her for the next 
six months or so um, in Aruba. And I watched the Yoga Girl platform basically, mm, it was already there, but man, did it grow in those six months. Like I got to see firsthand working with her, like the power of social media. I learned so much. I made so many connections. I went on so many yoga retreats. I was practicing yoga every single day, connecting with yogis from all over the world, and just watching and learning from her the beauty and the power that can exist with an authentic social media following and the um, financial success too. Like she was able to build her business. I mean, it's 2000. 19 now, and the Yoga Girl platform is one of the biggest yoga platforms in the world. She has over 2 million followers, many different companies, yoga studio, I mean, on and on and on, a foundation, you name it. Uh, But at the time, it was just her and her Instagram and some retreats and uh, weekly classes at a space in Aruba. So just witnessing the decisions that she made and how she truly stayed authentic in her messaging. She was so honest and it was really rare at this time. Now it's, I think, 2013 um, to be that open. I mean, she used her social media like a journal, except she was talking to hundreds of thousands of people every single day. And it was working. The honesty, the sharing the highs, the lows, the ups, the downs, people really connected with it and they really started to trust her. So when she would put out a retreat or put out any type of event or tour or you name it, it would sell out without any ads, without any marketing really, other than her her organic social media following and of course, the with the algorithms and the way Facebook is now, it's not quite possible to do that um, in the way that she did it these days. Just because, for example, you know, if you post something, only ten percent on a good day of your followers are even going to see it. But that's not how it was um, back then. So she was really connecting with a lot, a lot of people every day in a super honest way. And it was incredible to watch the business grow that way. And on a personal level, my yoga practice, like this is when yoga really became a massive, massive part of my life. So um, Rachel and I went through a lot together. It was a beautiful time. I was at her wedding. I was there through some really difficult stuff she went through and just watching how she shared it honestly on social media. Um, She was losing followers every day, but she was gaining customers. So that is sort of like the first lesson that I learned. She was going through something really, really hard and she was sharing openly about it. And she lost so many followers, but she gained so many followers in place of that, that were really connecting with the honesty. And I was just like watching this and learning from this. So uh, fast forward, I ended up being asked (laughs) by the government to leave Aruba. Um, I hadn't filed my visas correctly. I had moved there on a whim and I had overstayed my welcome. So after her wedding, I ended up moving back home to San Francisco, continuing to help her with her retreats, run her business from afar, but she really needed people on the ground. So we had a, you know, really awesome, awesome friendship and connection and business relationship, but it made more sense for her to get somebody full-time 
and start growing her team. So at that time is when I started taking on clients of my own back in San Francisco. I began with yoga. Um, I started helping yoga studios and yogis build their website, manage their social media, you name it. Um, If a yogi or yoga studio was trying to build their brand or host a retreat or go on a workshop tour, I knew exactly how to do it. Um, And I loved it because I had felt the benefits of yoga at this point. So I know or I knew that the more butts on mats, the better the world. So I felt like I was spreading this sort of message of yoga. And I I also started teaching yoga here and there. And at that time decided it was really important for me to get my yoga teacher training. So I took some time off and I went for a month um, into (laughs) the jungle, basically deep in Hawaii on the big island with my sister. We lived in a hut. It rained every day. And I did my yoga teacher training um, with Yandara Yoga Institute, who is now one of my favorite clients. Um, And there isn't a day that goes by where I don't think about that training. Truly, if you've done a yoga teacher training, you know what I'm saying. But I also was certified in Reiki on that training. I went on to get certified as a Reiki master. My whole yoga practice philosophy idea, everything was just like blown open. Um, And I realized like I have to find a way to connect my love and passion for yoga with my love and passion for growing a business, which I actually was already doing. But it became really clear to me, even after I got back from my training, I was teaching yoga full-time. I loved it. I really did love it. I still love it. I sub now and again. But my calling is really in the messaging. It's the messenger. I am meant to be the connector between the healer, the artist, the person raising the vibration, and their audience. Like, These people have a gift. All of my clients, you, everyone has this incredible gift and turning it into a business is really hard and it's where I came in. It's like if it wasn't for these people with these beautiful offerings with really no sense in how to sell them, then I wouldn't be here. So from that is just when I got really, really into, I was teaching the business of yoga at yoga teacher trainings. Like yoga was sort of my bread and butter. Um, and I was only working with yogis and yoga studios at that time, um, making massive strides for their businesses, like really big changes in a really short amount of time. I was getting really, really good at it. And it's using that power of storytelling that I learned, the ability to make people feel something through written or visual content, the power of social media that I learned from Rachel, like everything that I had done up until this point um, had led me like to this idea. And so this is what I began doing full time. I was barely making enough to get by on rent. I was loving what I was doing. And money wasn't exactly a motivating factor. And I wasn't thinking about how I could build something sustainable or long-term. It was just, I was in the day-to-day, how can I help you right now? And that was now, I did that for a few years. So it was about 
two years ago, uh, two and a half years ago, when my now partner and husband, he was my boyfriend at the time, um, decided that he wanted to quit his job. He saw the potential in what I was doing. He has an incredible work ethic in background, in business, in operations, in startups, in everything I didn't have and didn't know that I needed. And he saw an opportunity to really help me take this business to the next level and create contracts. I'd never had a contract before and um, success metrics and all of these things. And uh, so he did. And we started Authentic Audience together. And that was two years ago. And since he came on board, I can officially say we have a real functioning business. (laughs) We have a couple employees, some people that do contract work for us. We have a scalable model. We have revenue coming in. I am still blown away of just what we've been able to create together, just the two of us in the last two years. I mean, seeing the way that he works in business is truly a huge factor in why I fell so much more in love with him and got so excited about marrying him because he really is the yin to my yang. Like we are so different in so many ways, but what was once challenging became exciting because I saw how those differences grew into our business and how that really sort of, mm, what is the word that I'm looking for? Um, completed my business And my business is my baby and seeing what he's brought to it and how the things that would annoy me before, like his patience and his, (laughs) um, how slow he is and all this stuff and meticulous and thoughtful and intentional have like paved the way for our business to now be as successful, uh, successful as it is. And it's funny because our clients usually come on board because they want to work with me and they stay because of him. And he's just the most incredible human being. And anybody that has done business with him knows how incredible he is to work with. I just, I have no words. I'm like finding myself speechless talking about him, which is really funny because I don't oftentimes find myself very speechless. So with that being said, here we are, it's 2019. We have a marketing agency. I do what I love. I tell stories I share people's whys. I share their missions. I help them find their voice. I help them find their message. And I help them get it out to quality people who are ready to hear that message. So, wow. Yeah, it's been a journey. I've never quite told it like that before. And it's time now to, I think, wrap up a little bit because I don't know exactly how long I've been talking. It's one of those things where you're talking about something that you're so passionate about that you black out. So I'm going to take a quick break, catch my breath, and wrap this up. So that is the story in a nutshell of Authentic Audience of how we came to be where we are and why I am so passionate about what I do. It's so special and the people we work with are so special. And it's one reason why I wanted to create this podcast because now I have this wonderful network of human beings, of colleagues, of friends that inspire me in my business every day. And I 
think that they would inspire you too. And a huge part of my message and a huge part of my business is delivering valuable content to people. And I want to deliver that value to you, not because I want you to hire me or because I want you to buy something from me, but because in listening to this, I think we could actually change the way business is being run in the world. I think we could actually raise the vibration. I think we have a responsibility as conscious business owners to build successful businesses. We have a a financial responsibility to be successful because then we can help more people. And there's so much that comes into play when starting a business, when building something that has this sort of like underlying dharma or purpose or message that you love, that is your gift and how we create offerings that bring you into that messaging, that bring your gifts into the world. It's truly what I live for. And it is possible. I'm telling you right now, it is possible to market and sell authentically before I had a hard time even saying I was in marketing because the industry has such a bad reputation and selling feels slimy and it just, it doesn't have to be that way. And through the people I work with and the businesses that inspire me, the most effective marketing is the honesty. It's the authenticity. It's the storytelling. It's coming back to your why over and over and over again. And that's what I want to do on this podcast. I want to tell stories. I want to hear other people's stories. I want to inspire. I want to grow. And that's all I ever really want to do every single day is keep growing, keep growing, keep growing in my spirituality, in my relationships, in my yoga practice, and of course, in business. And the backside of businesses, the underside of these spiritual or healing or wellness businesses is not often talked about. So I want to talk about it. And I think it's important to learn from these thought leaders on how they built it, the mistakes that they made, decisions they had to make, all of the things. So this podcast is going to be just that, all of the things. Um, But the main thing is community, connection, inspiration, love, etc. So if you've listened this far, I thank you very, very much for joining me. I have our future guests lined up. I'm not sure which order, but I cannot wait to introduce them to you. Many of them you already know, I'm sure. But until next time, keep growing.